name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the moon. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you an ice cream. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Double Oz 7 for our audio commentary, or, oh, scratch that. Uh, we missed last month, so no audio commentary for you, but we have something more important. The first of approximately 312 episodes in the next four months on No Time to Die. We have our official trailer reaction episode here, as we have our official trailer, uh, which I'm sure everybody out there has watched about uh, 312 times <laughs> in the last couple days. And uh, we're going to aim to keep this one as brief as possible, because there's going to be lots more No Time to Die to come. But everybody's excited to hear what we think about this. Nobody's really excited about, you know, whether... Daniel Craig is going to slit his wrist if he gets roped in playing Bond again. Who's going to be the next Bond? Is there a famous classic villain in this? No, they just want to hear our thoughts on whether this is a great trailer, a terrible trailer, or uh, an average trailer. And uh, more importantly, whether Sam Smith is going to do the theme song, which I don't... <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that's a no. Uh, let's jump right into it. And my name is Colin Hilding. Dun, 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 dun. And my name is Waterworth. Ben Waterworth? Well, <laughs> um, this one is an interesting trailer. Mm. Uh, I think we, we, I, we have some of Noah's opinions on this, who's not on the episode. But I think we all kind of came at it when the trailer first came out and was like, oh, that was okay. And then slowly grew on us more. I think, is that fair to say? Yeah. Um... Definitely. I think that it was, it wasn't something that blew me away or I think us away the, the first time we watched it. This isn't Spectre. This isn't, uh, Noah's favorite quote of the greatest trailer I have ever seen. Um, so yeah, but I think it, it's definitely something that the more you watch, the better it gets. I definitely think that's what it is because I've, yeah, watched this multiple, multiple times. As you said, I'm sure everyone has, but, Every single time I watch it, I fall in love with it even more. So yeah, I, I think it's definitely a it's a slow build. It's not it's not blows you out of the water straight away. It's kind of one that you go, oh yeah, that's good, and then you go, oh wow, that's better. Oh wow, it's even better. Oh my god. Oh my god, the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Uh, <laughs> I think it, it's it's odd that we've had such a huge gap until this movie came. Oh, I say huge gap. I mean, this is becoming normal with the Daniel Craig's, but. This isn't like, you know, Skyfall to Spectre or uh, Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace. You know, this is more like Quantum of Solace to Skyfall. I mean, this movie probably could have been here a year earlier, a year and a half earlier. And you would think that would lead to, you know, more anticipation. I, I, I feel like going into this movie, the anticipation level is what a Bond movie should be. And I think part of that is just because of how... Uh, Spectre kind of wrapped things up. I mean, we talked about in one of our many Spectre episodes that the ending was so perfect where it's like this could be read as the ending of Daniel Craig's Bond and then you just reboot with somebody else or it could be, you know, interpreted as this is a perfect cliffhanger for what he would, what's going to bring him back. Like how big is it going to be to actually bring him back? And one of the things that I think might catch some more casual fans off guard is the fact that this trailer seems so tied to Spectre just in that it opens with, you know, Madeline Swan and, and people who maybe haven't you know, dissected the movie to death might forget, was she in the last movie? Who is this girl? And the fact that he's, you know, welcome back Bond, uh, you know, uh, I thought you were dead or whatever it was. And then even throwing Christoph Waltz in there, I, I wonder if people who hadn't dissected Spectre to pieces or, you know, weren't the biggest Bond fans are going to really see this trailer and get that this is like such a close continuation because what I kind of walked away from the trailer, I think is like, wow, this feels like the sequel to Spectre, the way the Quantum of Solace was the sequel to Casino Royale. 
which, judging on how that turned out, we're not in for a good time, are we? Um, and also, I was thinking about this, judging on final uh, appearances by actors, we're also probably not in for a good time. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this the other day. I'm thinking, like, Diamonds Are Forever or Never Say Never Again, not the best for many people. Uh, View to a Kill, not the best for many people. License Kill, not the best for many people. Die Another Day, not the best yeah. for many people. I mean, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, the only exception there, but don't have much to choose yeah. from. So, hmm, not high hopes. But having said that, I agree with everything you just said. And I am maybe the biggest Spectre advocate on the planet because the more and more, Roger Moore, um, that we... <laughs> see these rankings that are coming out and they always update their rankings closer to a new Bond and I've been watching a lot of Bond films and reading a lot of Bond articles recently and Spectre's always ranked generally very low on these lists. It seems to have died down in popularity and I think we talk about this a lot every time we end up talking about Spectre but I, for one, seem to like it Roger Moore more and more (laughs) every single time I see it. So that excites me, the fact that this really does tie into it. I, I really... The thing that I really got out of this trailer the most was, yeah, the the real connection to Spectre. Like, I wasn't... The, the Leia Seydoux stuff, the Madeline Swan stuff, I really wasn't expecting it to go that direction. You know, we're all thinking that mm-hmm. they're going to be married and happy and all this sort of stuff, but it doesn't seem that way. Although, again, in hindsight, editing, this might be halfway through the movie. We don't know what happens at the beginning. And to me, the most exciting aspect... Well, there was two aspects of it that I love, that I'll talk about, obviously, Rami Malek, but... Um, Blofeld. I mean, gosh, this was... Did we yeah. expect to see Blofeld? This was rumours galore that he was in it. Then he, Christoph Waltz kind of was like, no, I'm not in it. Then he was reported on set. But, like, the fact that they show this in the trailer and don't keep this to the yeah. movie. So, yeah, basically what you were saying, the, the Spectre tie-ins really get me excited. I think it looks fantastic with the stuff they're kind of tying in. And it makes sense because, as you said, they kind of could have easily just ended it at uh, the end of Spectre, the way they they drove off together, kind of keep it open-ended enough. And we talked a lot about that during our Spectre coverage, but obviously with Craig's last film, there's a more loose ends to tie into it. And um, I think by the looks of things, what's his name? Fukunaga! Um, has, Gary Fukunaga! Gary Fukunaga has... <laughs> I can't say his name normally, I'm sorry. Just, just so people... If people missed our <laughs> earlier episodes, we are not being racially no. insensitive in any way. <laughs> We were literally trying to pronounce his name, and it just came out all wonky. So. I can't say it. Not Danny Boyle. Looks like he's done a good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the Madeline Swan and Blofeld things, I think what really caught me off guard, kind of like you said, like they're all over this trailer. And the assumption was, I think, always, not just for us, but for anybody else, that this was going to be what diamonds are forever was supposed to be you know uh we mentioned and you know it's been talked about at great length peter hunt's idea was that he wanted honor majesty's secret service to end after the wedding with them driving off and that the pre-title scene of diamonds are forever would have been you know uh tracy's assassination and then blofeld and um the hunt for blofeld being the the point of that movie we didn't get that but what a perfect way it would have been to you know, sort of live up to that original idea from 50 years ago if we could have opened this movie with the death of Swan. So I don't know about you, but I 100% expected that it was going to be sort of a brief role for her. And even when this trailer started and you see them in the middle of this car chase, I mean, I, I don't know if you're a big fan of the Bourne movies, but, uh, you know, the Bourne supremacy started off very similar. Am I going to spoil something for you if you haven't seen the Bourne movies? Uh, no, no, go for it. I've seen the first one and they're on my list. Like, b- between, okay. between the Bourne movies and the Ocean movies, trust me, Mallory won't let me get away with not seeing them eventually, so... <laughs> Okay, well, the, the the second Bourne movie, this opening that we see in the trailer, very similar to that. Okay, you know, you think that you've settled down as a nice, happy couple, and then you got this getaway, and, you know, your lead from the lead actress from the previous movie, maybe going to be short-lived as the plot's going to go in a different direction after that. And that's what I 100% expected. So when we started seeing Madeline Swan popping up at other parts of the trailer, like, it, it's almost like this is half, you know, Bond's trailer and half Swan's trailer. So she's going to have a huge role in this movie. It's not just going to be, you know, uh, a brief thing to tie up her character and to sort of set Bond up for, you know, uh, coming back as a revenge mission. Uh, it actually seems like it's more the opposite. It's it's setting them up to be divided. And, you know, he's on some mission because she's not being honest with him, which I think is a great twist. And then, like you said, with Blofeld, 
the assumption I had was that, you know, they were going to save Blofeld for some type of cameo, maybe midway through the movie, which that probably is what we're going to get. You know, that scene where they're saying, like, he's our greatest asset and then he meets him. That's likely going to be all we get out of Blofeld. And then I'm thinking the movie sort of ends with, like, a Blofeld escape, maybe setting up whoever the next Bond is. You have that, you know, character that can continue from one movie to the next, the same way Judy Dench continued from one to the next. Because I think you need that if you're going to have a new actor. Like, Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the end. But um, just the fact that there is so much of both Blofeld and Swan in the trailer, like, it did catch me off guard. And I think it has me more excited because it, there's only so much you can get excited about a Bond movie as far as what the story is. Like, I remember when you know, the Skyfall trailer came out, you're like, oh, okay, so this is going to be, you know, uh, basically the Dark Knight. <laughs> and then, you know, with the Spectre trailer, you know, they had those little things like the, the secret organization. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But it's not like that's a cool twist. And now I don't. I feel like with the No Time to Die, we don't really need that cool twist. We're like, this story is going to be very connected to previous ones. It's going to elaborate on them. It just sort of tying to what you were saying, like you're a, a bigger fan of Spectre the more you see it. I mean, I'm kind of the opposite. You know, I enjoyed it when I first saw it. And then every time I watch it since, I mean, my reaction is basically the first half of the movie, I'm 100% in. I'm like, oh, maybe I misjudged this movie. But as soon as it gets to the second half, it's it's almost like as soon as the torture scene happens, and it's nothing wrong with the scene itself, but just that point in the movie, it just, it, it just really feels flat to me. And it's something just doesn't click. Yet, I still love the story that Spectre told. So that's why I'm excited that we're getting a continuation of Spectre because it, it, I don't feel like the, the the great story they had in Spectre, I don't feel like the movie did that story justice, but I'm still interested enough to see where they could go from there. It's crazy. It's really crazy how our opinions change on that because, um, yeah, like we when we did our villains ranking, uh, you know, Noah and I, I think Noah was the same as me. I mean, I had Blofeld, uh, Chris and Walter's blow held incredibly high, maybe third, I think, or something like that. And that's one of the biggest criticisms I still see a lot. They say that Chris Waltz is wasted and doesn't do enough. And just look, I, I think this guy could stand on screen, read me the dictionary, and I would give him an Oscar. Like, this guy is just incredible. Um, but yeah, we can definitely... I'm looking forward to when we eventually do our Spectre commentary. Because we, I think we did pull it out of the hat once, but we said, no, we've talked enough about Spectre. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in all fairness, actually, I just quickly looked. We only did four episodes in the lead-up to Spectre. This is our third Bond 25 episode we've done. We oh. haven't even got a song analysis yet. Uh, we're going to probably do, do another preview before it starts. So we're going to eclipse our Spectre coverage with No Time to Die. So just pointing that out there. Um, yeah, I think just if you look at the trailer with Madeline Swan's appearances... I think if you look at them carefully, they kind of border down to two sequences. So I think kind of it's a real kind of red herring that you, you feel she's heavily involved in it. But to me, if you actually look at it, she's in a car chase and then ultimately at the end with the guns firing. To me, that's all going to be part of the same sequence. And then you've got this section where they come around the corner and you sort of got the, you know, Bond shock to see her. To me, that's the lead into Blofeld when you see, because Bond's wearing the same suit. So I think that that whole sequence is going to lead into an interrogation of Blofeld. She, Swan's probably mm. on the other side of the mirror. I think the only other Swan bits you get, you, I think you see her with the mask, don't you? And then you get a couple yeah. of the flashbacks where, um, you know, you gave everything up for her. And they, to me, look like they're all little sequences that we're going to see at the very beginning. So it's not going to surprise me at all if Swan dies in this movie. I'm with you. I think she will. Uh, I also think that this movie has a lot of weight in terms of what it actually has to do in passing the torch on to the next one. So there's the potential for lots of deaths in this movie. Like, there's a rumour that Felix is going to die. Um, you know, Bond still dying is a possibility. So I think what this trailer does very well is I think that it kind of, as trailers do, they set it up for you to want to see this and kind of get you talking enough where, you know, there's enough told, but there's not enough told. I think... Think back to the Spectre trailer when we see Mr. White, for example. That's kind of the Blofeld section here, isn't it? So it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen someone return and all this sort of stuff and someone you're familiar with. And I also am with you. I don't think Blofeld is going to die in this. I think Blofeld will be set up to come back even bigger and better and somewhere else down the line where they transition to another Bond. So um, I, I, I definitely think that getting those loose ends and connecting Spectre into this and, and turning into something new. I mean, this is what the Craig franchise has done well. The Craig franchise, he owns Bond now. The Craig era obviously is known for connecting all the films together. We thought Skyfall was the one exception of being completely separate, but we ultimately know that that got tied in with Spectre. But I think that this is going to do that. It's going to keep it connected. 
it it appears as though Rami Malek's character is going to have some connection to Swan, so you're going to assume that that's going to have some connection mm-hmm. to Spectre and Quantum. The rumor, of course, is well, we, I don't know if we want to talk about what the big rumor is. I don't know how many people want to be. We spoiled. should. <laughs> we, look right now. Well, I'm going to say it. Skip ahead. I don't know how long, but dee, 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 dee. the rumor is that he's Doctor <laughs> No uh, or a Doctor No esque style villain, which. To me, he's fantastic if that is the case. I, I didn't really think too much of it when I first heard it. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of like how it's sort of passing that torch and transitioning it across with what we've seen in this uh, this trailer. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I transitioned into Rami Malek. Well, your favourite. I don't know if you even <laughs> like Rami Malek. I assume you... I, you don't like Bohemian Rhapsody, so I don't know if that means you don't like <laughs> Rami Malek. <laughs> well, I'll get to him in a second. But um, just going back to what you're saying about, you know... Uh, Swan's role maybe just being like early in the movie and that she could still die. The only thing that that has me kind of scratching my head, because I agree with you, I think the way this movie starts, that scene with her and the mask, I think that's how it starts because the trailer starts with Bond arguing with her about the fact that she has a secret or whatever that, you know, he didn't know about. I think that she finds this mask and then somebody's after them and he realizes they're after them because of her Mm -hmm. and she won't tell him why. You know, that may, and also you can, you know, uh, tie that into the fact that this car chase seems to be that they're involved in seems to be happening in the same location. We see that that incredible jump where Bond jumps off the bridge with the t- tied to the bungee cord or the rope or whatever, yep. where he's by himself. So, you know, she leaves him or gets taken or something like that. And then uh, they're separated. Uh, but the scene where, you know, he rounds the corner and she's there with uh potentially female 007 <laughs> uh that makes me feel like that's going to be a bigger part of the movie because the second part of this trailer that really has people talking is it, it looks like it's going to be this rivalry between maybe female 007 and daniel craig james bond uh but you know is he going to be able to reclaim 007 or whatever and her being with her <laughs> kind of has me questioning if that's going to be a bigger part of the movie. Uh, but before we even get into that, like, I guess just a little bit on Rami Malik. Let's talk about the Dr. No thing, because I heard this. I saw the trailer and didn't get anything out of that. Um, and the theories, maybe you've seen more than I have, but the theories I'm seeing and people having online are like, this set kind of looks like this set from Dr. No. And you can see articles online where they do side-by-side comparisons of the shots of sets that they think are Dr. No-like with the originals. And I'm like, it's really reaching. Like, I don't see it at all. Uh, and when I you sort of read what the plot synopsis is, you know, with like a missing scientist and everything, like, well, maybe that could be Dr. No, but that could also be a dozen other Bond movies. So I don't know. Is there more out there? Because... I didn't really watch this trailer and think anything Dr. No like from it. You could say, well, the villain has some type of deformity or whatever, but it's like it's a deformity of the face, not a deformity of the hands. So I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. I, look, I, I don't think I watched this trailer and thought straight away, oh, my God, Dr. No. I think what I kind of when I Noah sort of mentioned a little bit and then kind of I read a few things, I was kind of like, OK, that would be cool. I think my thought process is that if it was true, I would be OK with that. I don't know if I genuinely yeah. necessarily feel the vibes of it. But I think some of the analysis I read, the, the line where Bond says, you know, the world isn't kind to people who play God or whatever his line was, they kind of equated that very similar to a line that Connery says to Dr. No in Dr. No. But then as somebody else pointed out, you know, I mean, that's very similar to like Largo and Drax and, you know, so many yeah, other people. I was going to say Drax. So, but, but I think, I think Dr. No though makes sense out of most of that because, I mean, Dr. No was was part of Spectre, right? Um, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Goldfinger technically wasn't, even though he had a ring on. Um, so I think kind of that's maybe the most obvious one out of those first few villains that kind of make the most sense if they're going to try and tie this into that traditional sense. And I guess ultimately it would kind of make sense in a way that, what, there was five films in the 60s and this is our fifth Craig film. So... Mm-hmm you know, kind of make it like the 60s with that Spectre sort of group of films. So, I, I look, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't necessarily see it visually or that sort of stuff. Like, as you said, he's got a he's got a deformity. It's not a hand. Um, but, you know, I mean, Le Chief had a bleeding eye. Um, <laughs> you know, um, Gustav Graves became white. That was his deformity. Um, Dominic Green had no personality, you know? <laughs> Crippling personality, <laughs> poor, poor Dominic <laughs> Green. All the villains looked like a frog. Um, That's the deformity of Green. <laughs> oh, what do we have to? Of all the villains we could mention, we mentioned Dominic. God, just forget about him. Put him to the side. Um, 
Yeah, but look, I, I think it would be a great little thing. And the thing is, it kind of also maybe adds a bit of weight. It's not quite Spectre where pretty much it was like, oh no, Christopher Waltz is in Blofeld, ha ha ha, lol. And yeah. clearly he was. But this isn't like it's been dropped. Like It's not like you hear in the trailer, I've been expecting you, Dr. No. Yeah. And then you don't see someone. Um, but like again, the last time we had this leading into a film, it turned out to be true. So who knows? Yeah, well, and I think Carrie Fukunaga... Fukunaga! Uh, Good job! Well done, <laughs> you've been practicing. Fukunaga, there we go. <laughs> yeah, in front of the mirror, even. Uh, but he came out this week, and he <clears throat> made a clear statement saying, you know, this, Rami Malek is definitely not playing Dr. No. You could say, okay, well, that's not, you know, that, that that's not going to happen then. That's, that's obviously not the direction they went in. But this is exactly what Sam Mendes said about yeah. Blofeld, and yeah. it's exactly what Christopher Nolan said about, you know, uh, several characters in The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, that's just become the thing now. You know, you, you just lie to your audience. I mean, J.J. Abrams did that with, with uh, Khan in one of the Star Trek movies, Benedict Cumberbatch. It, it, you you want to surprise the audience in a way, but I'm at least with you that I am okay with them recycling these villains uh, I don't think we've really had, other than Blofeld, we haven't really had a recycled villain. But, you know, with Spectre, there was a lot of stuff that was sort of meant to be very Honor Majesty Secret Service-like. And I'm okay with that. I mean, this is a different continuity. And there's a lot of material there. I don't think there's any reason you can't. I mean, the Bond movies in the original continuity would just recycle things, you know? So mm. uh, A View to a Kill is just Goldfinger recycled. So uh, do it do it kind of in a fresh way. I'm okay with that. Um, the Mask... It, you know, <laughs> it is literally the Phantom of the Opera mask. I don't know. It's it's kind of a cool twist. I wish they'd made it look a little less Phantom of the Opera-like because it doesn't even really have a uniqueness about it. But I kind of have a theory about this. There's a shot with, uh, you know, a full mask. And then there's Rami Malek's, which is, like, broken. And it, you could go one of two ways there. Either he starts with a full mask and it gets broken and he just keeps wearing it. Uh, or the idea I like more is that Rami Malek's organization all just wear these masks. And that's why Swan would see this and kind of get freaked out. And that's sort of her secret. I, I just, I, I saw like the full mask and then the broken mask. And I just thought, wouldn't it be great to just have like, you, you have that moment in Spectre where everybody's in the shadows and you just realize they're all watching Bond. And we said that kind of felt like something in a nightmare. I just imagine like walking in and everybody's wearing these masks, like another like really creepy secret organization thing. And I kind of like that idea. Uh, but Going back to your question about, you know, whether I even like Rami Malek, I mean, I have no problem with him. I thought in Bohemian Rhapsody, I thought he gave a decent performance. My issue with that movie is that it is a terrible movie uh, and that rewarding him with best actor, especially with so much better competition for a performance that was poorly written or a character that was poorly written and in which he spent most of his time just miming actions and lip syncing is not an Oscar-worthy performance. So my annoyance with him winning the Academy Award had more to do with the, the movie itself and it maybe being an overrated performance and not necessarily him as a bad actor. I think what we're seeing him in this movie, I, I definitely get a Bond villain vibe from him, although I don't know about a Bond villain being younger than Bond. Um, there's just... I'm sure... If we went through it, I'm sure it's happened before, but to me, I feel like the villain has to be older and when you look at the Craig movies, I mean, you're at the point now where I guess a lot of people are going to be younger than Daniel Craig. But I mean, Rami Malek, he sort of looks younger than he is in real life. I think he's like in his you know late 30s. But he he just he looks like a guy who's in his late 20s here. Um, that's maybe my only real issue with him. But I'm still I'm excited for him to be in this movie. I'm more excited about the fact that there is more than one villain that we get him and Blofeld. Just got to point out quickly. um, Pierce Brosnan um, was 49 when he did Die Another Day. And uh, Toby Stevens uh, was 33. Uh, when he the only one I could Die think Another of, Day. yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, I feel it's only appropriate that I can play this! Uh, Come on, you <laughs> set me up! <laughs> Um, oh god, it feels so good to be able to play that. Just actually speaking though, like, do you, do you not think that this mask could be the um the genetics mask from Die Another Day? That this is what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking it now. <laughs> R- R- Rami Malek is actually Dominic Green. It's just the genetic sequence is like um <laughs> he survived the frog stage of the Bolivian desert. Um, 
No, I and actually maybe the mask is just Spectre haven't quite um you know perfected their Spectre masks yet, so they can't actually have like yeah. Bond masks in training. So this is just their first. So we're trying to make a Daniel Craig mask for their <laughs> you know assassination uh, uh, training <laughs> montage or whatever, and it came out like this. Like oh man, that's what they think Daniel Craig looks like. They're just like all yeah. white men look the same. They're very white and porcelain looking. Um, the the other one I don't know if my picture changed over yet on Skype. Uh, yeah, definitely fan of the opera. But if anyone who's seen Nip Tuck and knows the Carver storyline, it very much looks like the Carver mask that they have throughout season three. So um, there's that as well. But look, I think you're a complete moron talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. You know how much I love that film. Oh. And I fell in love with Rami Malek in that movie. I've never seen Mr. Robot. Uh, I barely remember him in 24. So um, for me, it's it's exciting. I think like it's you know, the rumours that circulated for so long, we obviously talked about that in the cast reaction when he was cast. I mean, it wasn't a secret at all, but he's just one of these ones who I think is perfect casting at the right time. He's now, what, the third consecutive villain to be an Academy Award winner as well. And mm-hmm. would this mark, I could be wrong, the first Bond film to have two Academy Award winners in it with, with Christoph Waltz in it? That could be a fact check for somebody, but... Well, are you talking about just for an entire cast? Because, I mean... Like Skyfall had Judy Dench and oh, Javier Bardem. Of course, of course, I've got Judy won an Oscar. Um, but now, oh, Matt... wait, wait, wait. didn't Rory Kinnear win an Oscar at some point? Uh, yeah, at least he was nominated, wasn't he? Um, and <laughs> has Naomi Harris been nominated for an Oscar, or did she just get a Golden yes, Globe? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, look, oh, she was esteemed. Now we get we get him up there. Wow, keep yeah. him, keep him coming. Crazy, but um, no, I think. I think from what we see of Rami, he looks great. Um, you know, again, you, you see enough, but not too much. I love the shot of him on the ice. That looks just so good um, with the person swimming un- underneath. And then the thing that I actually really like too is I think this this trailer kind of subverts your expectations a little bit in what a trailer does because, as I said, like we see Blofeld. You're not expecting that. And I think even seeing Rami Malek's full face because you see mm-hmm. so much of him covered in the mask – because that teaser before the trailer where you sort of see that glass, frosted glass, and you see the mask behind it, then on the ice when you sort of got that look and he's kind of, you know, fidgety with his burnt face with his mask there. And then you sort of have that long shot of them kneeling at that table where you can kind of see Rami Malek, but then you just get that shot of the way he kind of turns his head and then you see his face. Mm-hmm. Like To me, that should be in the in the film. So if they're going out of their way to showing us these moments that really should be draw-dropping moments in the movie itself that you're seeing in the trailer, like it kind of makes me wonder what surprises we're going to have in the movie because I feel as though they're really giving you some good good nuggets in this trailer mm-hmm. enough. And unless Corey Fukunakwa is bad yeah. at, at trailers <laughs> and just wants to you know, go back to the early 2000s where you know the whole thing in the space of two minutes. I think that we can expect some good nuggets and good things happening. I just want nuggets now, sorry. Uh, in the movie itself. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the most talked about thing here now, uh, which is 007. Um, <laughs> I know we, we, we sort of had a debate, you know, me, you, and Noah, uh, about is uh what's her name lashana lynch yeah you know everybody knew she was going to be in the movie and it was rumored even at the time they announced this cast that she was going to be playing 007 and this is a controversial thing for a lot of reasons personally i don't have an issue with it because i think i can clearly see what the story is here but just running through why i think she is 007 in this movie uh because 007 is just a number you know when he was promoted, Bond was promoted to 00, 007 just happened to be the number was available, you know? Uh, when 006 died, when Sean Bean, you know, supposedly died, a new person was made 006. That's just the way the 00s are. We know Bond retired, so there is a new 007. And we have Ray Fiennes, another Academy Award winner or a nominee oh, in this. Of course. <laughs> uh, no, he won, didn't he? Didn't he win for English Patient? I don't think he won for English. I, I don't even think he, he might have won for Schindler's List, but uh, I'll confirm yeah. that. He, uh, Voldemort. Least... He clearly won for Voldemort. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we have Ray Fine saying, you know, where is 007? Now, at no point in this movie is Bond really in MI6 because we see 
we're going to have to go through the Madeline Swan sequence before he gets brought back. We know Felix is the one who comes to him because we see Felix saying, I need you to do me a favor or whatever. And then we have him being reintroduced to Q. We have him walking in and saying, you know, who is it? And he goes, Bond, James Bond. J- <laughs> I James love Bond? the way he does it. That's you... hilarious. Yeah. That, and that, that guard, that's the new, that's the new, um, uh, uh. yeah, Della. <laughs> not Della, not Della, not Della. Um, uh. What's the name? Um, from, oh, why have we got Blake in a name? Oh, we made her a star. We did. Um, come back to her. Skyfall. he's the new her um yes (laughs) but like we know that he's going through all this stuff where he's not officially part in mi6 and if this story is unfolding and we have m saying where is 007 and we have this new character that we know because bond even says you know you're a double o or whatever it makes sense you have a new 007 in this movie why not have it be her? And obviously, you know, the people are going to get upset saying, well, they're they're just going to make a female Bond going forward. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Barbara Broccoli has said it's never going to happen. I mean, the, the, the woman who runs Bond has said Bond is a man. These are – they're not making a franchise of 007 movies. They're making a franchise of James Bond movies. So I don't believe at any point they're just going to make Bond a woman. Is there potential that they're going to do a spinoff with – Lashana Lynch as a double O or something along those lines, possibly, uh, which would be fine. I mean, they talked about making a uh, Anya spinoff back in the seventies. There was a way Lynn spinoff that they worked on. There was a jinx spinoff that thank God never happened. Uh, (laughs) There's potential for franchises, but I think it makes sense watching the trailer that she is double O seven, which would, makes sense why bond is sort of at odds with her it's like well she took my number that's my job i want my job back you know and then he, he she's working with his girlfriend or whatever or fiance wife who knows what she is in this movie and they kind of have this this rivalry going on which would also lead me to believe that this is not going to be a thing where he just steps down and here's your new 007 and you know lashana lynch will return in bonds 26 or whatever <laughs> because they set her up almost like a ally henchman in this movie i mean she basically threatens to blow his kneecap out of this. uh so i think the way that this movie's going to unfold is it's going to be a rivalry between them maybe at the end you know she dies or maybe at the end uh you know she gets assigned a different number but i 100 believe she is 007 in this movie and i 100 believe it is a way to kind of expand this franchise and show you know that there are female double O agents, but I don't think it'll ever be a thing where this stops being James Bond. Because again, this is not the 007 franchise; it is the James Bond franchise. Just quickly before I forget, two-time Academy Award nominee is Ray Fiennes. First, in Liz mm-hmm. the English Patient didn't win any. Uh, five-time Golden Globe nominee Ray Fiennes, uh, and for some reason, I thought Jeffrey Wright was an Academy Award nominee, but he's a he's a Golden Globe nominee. Um, Should have been actually a Golden Globe winner is Jeffrey Wright. So, uh, there you go. Um, look, I, for one, I, 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 the first time I saw the trailer, I, I messaged you and I, I said, like, oh, it doesn't look like she is. But this is mm-hmm. one of those things where I think like the more and more you watch it, you can definitely interpret it that way because they are very sidesteppy around that, aren't they? Because the, yeah. the, the big whisper was there's this big scene when M says, come on in, 007, and in walks uh, Lashana Lynch and everyone's jaws <laughs> drop to the ground. And this is where I had the problem. This is where my opinion of this was bad because that to me sounds like an overly woke scene to deliberately incite a reaction. And that is where I have a problem with this. Because this is what I think cinema is turning too much into. It's having those moments of like, <gasps> you know, and like, let's do this, let's do that, because this is the the way the trend is. I have no problem with her being 007, because as you said, exactly right. It's just a code number. It's just, it basically is assigned. I mean, how many times have we had a 002, a 003, 006? Like, I yeah. swear 006 is mentioned before Trevelyan. Like, it's, it's it, it happens. It's just a randomly mm-hmm. assigned number to a different agent. It would happen in real life. Like M, for example. We saw how M yeah. became M, um, you know, in this era of James Bond. So I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem if they make it to the extent of... You know, this is too much. We we talked about in our Super Star Wars coverage, download now via the Oz <laughs> Network, the the Ray sequence when they're on Jakku, when kind of Finn has that bit of a head tilt, like, oh, look, a woman's kicking ass. We don't need that. 
We yeah. don't need that. We just need... A, Especially a, since we've been watching it for six movies prior to that. Exactly. Like, we just... You don't need to overemphasize the fact that, oh my god, 007's a woman. And again, I'm getting worked up and I haven't even seen the movie yet. My biggest takeaway from this trailer was, oh my god, Lashana Lynch is awesome. Like, look how crazy yeah. good she is in this trailer. Fucking kicking ass and looking incredible. And the only experience I have with Lashana Lynch was Captain Marvel. And... Not a fan of Captain Marvel, so I don't really remember a whole lot of her. I actually didn't realize she was British too, so uh, that's kind of cool. So yeah, I, I kind of am on this page now that I think yeah, she, she probably is 007. I think that it probably will be a rivalry. Remember the last time we had a um, sort of a, a pretty attractive black agent and a white, you know, British agent working together side by side. What movie was that, Colin? When they had a bit of a rivalry together? Uh, I'm expecting lots Live and of- let die. <laughs> I'm expecting lots of Yo Mama jokes uh, from... Oh, no. <laughs> you really do block out Die Another Day, don't you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd rather Rosie Carver. Than oh, God. Jake's don't break her up again. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think she looks fantastic, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing her. She's outside of Rami Malek and, I mean, the obvious Blofeld, maybe the, the best thing I loved about this, this trailer because, I mean, we didn't really see a whole lot of other people. We saw, what's the other Bond, Anna de Armas, is that her? The other? Yeah. We see, like, a scene Which of you have Which you have to read Wikipedia to realize what her character is. Yeah, and I'm reading it now. <laughs> is it basically, she's, she's assigned by Felix to work with Bond. She's, you know, a CIA agent or whatever. Um, and I like that they describe her as kind of like, what do they say, like bubbly and clumsy or something like Irresponsible that. <laughs> and bubbly. So, oh, God. So she's basically going to be like, I don't know. Good Rosie night, Carver. <laughs> good night or something like that. Um, and also just quickly too, while I remember just the characters, I, I do like the fact that we actually see Felix, um, who shaved his head. Oh, yeah. Blofeld hasn't shaved mm-hmm. his head yet, but Felix has. Um, <laughs> maybe Felix is really Blofeld. Maybe, maybe. Um, and... Can I, am I the only one in the world who got excited to see Tanner? I love a good Tanner appearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they throw everybody out here, and that's kind of how I started this, saying, like, if there are people who aren't huge Bond fans, are they going to watch this when we're now, you know, how many years? When did Spectre come out? 2015? Yeah, five years between. Yeah, so years. we're... Four and a half. Okay, so there there is a bigger gap than I even thought. I thought we were at least a year. Well, I think if you if you look at the release dates, it's it's technically only like four and a half. But if you look, but that's even more than. But that's more than Quantum of Solace to Skyfall. It's the biggest gap since Goldeneye and License to Kill. I think it's the second biggest gap in the history of Bond. Mm Hmm. Uh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because Die Die Another Day to uh, Casino Royale was only four years. Yeah, Yeah. So. I mean, that's a long time to have people remember a movie that was not that memorable for people and that didn't really have that, you know, repeat viewing quality that something like Skyfall or Casino Royale did. And are there a lot of people out there who are like, oh, it's it's M, oh, it's Tanner, oh, it's... Well, they should be. Money Tanner's penny. exciting. They, yeah, but for us, it is exciting. And that's why I like that, you know, they're throwing everybody out there. It's like, you know what? This is going to be the movie you waited for. You know, we're going to have Money Penny in there. We're going to have Tanner. <laughs> we're going to have M and Q and Q. Like, come on. That Q introduction is fantastic. I like the little, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'm kind of on the Noah page where I'm not the biggest Q. I, I did like him a lot better in Spectre. And, you know, I'm I may be the middle to you liking him and Noah disliking him. But I do like mm-hmm. that little moment where kind of, you know, I thought you were, or you're not really dead. And I just love the little smirk that Craig goes, oh, it's good to see you again, Q. Yeah. <laughs> but it, even even Money Penny, like, I think I've grown a, a huge um, admiration of Naomi Harris in the subsequent oh, yeah. years in Spectre. And, you know, again, never been huge on her, but I really am now for some reason. I, I kind of like the two little moments she has in the trailer where she's like, you know, oh, I knew you two would get along. And then if you look at her face when um, Bond walks in and just she's got a little mm. smirk on her face. So, yeah, it's a good little moment. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I really am hoping that these characters do last past Craig because sure we had you know the I'd rather slip my wrist thing, but like the statements Daniel Craig is making now is a a lot less you know oh he spoke without thinking and they they seem more rehearsed and like official statements you know I'm done with playing Bond. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's no question this is his last movie. Mm-hmm. So then, does this movie wrap everything up or does it? you know, sort of wrap up his, because I sort of mentioned this in our group chat, you know, I don't want this to be, well, this is the end, and then we do a, a Casino Royale-style reboot. Yeah. You know, I think this needs to be 
almost like the way Honor Majesty's Secret Service was. You could watch Honor Majesty's Secret Service kind of loosely and feel like this is a new fresh bond. But then when you really pay attention to it, they throw little things in there where you're like, it's still the same character. But just as an audience, because it feels different, you have a different actor, it can be something different. The only thing that I think might be challenging with that is that they have brought Bond's age into this. Well, I don't know if they've brought his age in so much. They brought his his broken down body in so much. Uh, and even that, that Lashana Lynch line about, you know, uh, I'll shoot you in your, your knee or whatever, the one that works, like implies like, you got a bad knee there, but yeah. uh, bum leg Bond. Is, is, that, but, is, that a, uh, is that a bit of an in-joke though? Because didn't he, was it this one or Spectre when he uh, broke his knee or broke his, like damaged his knee? I think wasn't that, yeah, that's what I took it as a bit of an in-joke. Oh, I thought it was this movie. Was, was yeah, it, it was this, this one. It was, it was one. It was an ankle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think it was ankle. Yeah, I think you make a good point with all of that. But the thing also that I think people seem to forget is that you know, in this day and age of the way movies are and expanded universes, and everything is expected to be connected. Everything is expected to continue on, and all this sort of stuff. The Bond franchise, for the majority of it, take out the four Craig films, twenty movies. You know, we just kind of blend it in. Next movie, boom, it's done. Like, it's it, it's kind of... That's how the Bond franchise is. So, to me, it's not a big deal, really. Because I, I, I'm not necessarily... A, I like it, but I don't. This whole connected universe that they've done with the Craig movies. You know me, I'm very much... I like these standalone sort of Bond films the way they used to be. So, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. But at the end of the day... You know, it's it's going to be weird if they kind of bow into what the public think of how a movie should be versus how a Bond franchise is. Because I yeah. think that in two or three years' time, uh, I think generally, if they're smart, they would make the next one come out in 2022 on the 60th anniversary. But whether or not they can get a movie mm-hmm. done in two and a half years with a new actor, who knows? Um I think they just go straight into it. I'm with you. I think that I think they'll keep Ben Whishaw and Naomi Harris and Ray Fiennes. I yeah. don't see why they would change it. They did it with Judy Dench. They did it with you know Connery and Moore and all that sort of stuff with uh, you know Granny Penny and uh, you know all that sort of stuff. So they can easily do it. The age thing, yeah, sure they mention it, but I, I feel like you know you kind of get some loose mentions every now and then to things like that. Uh, I mean, it was kind of obvious. More Moore got along the way they kind of put him with certain people. It was very obvious. So yeah, I just think. You know, people maybe need to remember where Bond came from and that this is how Bond generally works. You just move it straight mm-hmm. into another actor. Uh, and, yeah, go along. I mean, th- random connection here. You and I both love Superman Returns, but that was meant to be a, a mm-hmm. sequel to the Christopher Reeve films, and they just basically yeah. transitioned that into the fact that, hey, look, it's a sequel. Let's pretend it is. You know, it's different with, you know, Batman and Superman in some other films. But, um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to do that with the MCU. I mean, they did it with the MCU, with Edward Norton... And uh, Mark Ruffalo. So mm-hmm. it's done, It's been done before and it will be done again. I just think that this is hopefully what we'll get and just transition it into Bond 26 in a couple of years' time. Well, even uh, as far as like British film and TV goes, you know, what they've done with Doctor Who, I mean, yeah. what they have always done with Doctor Who, you know, going back to the 60s is they bring a new actor. And now that's completely different because they would the body regenerates it's you could go from being a you know 70 year old man to being a 30 year old man but still what they will always do with doctor who is they bring in a new actor and it's still part of the same continuity but even just in terms of like the storytelling is like all the characters that are sort of tied to the last doctor will sort of wrap themselves up very early into a new doctor and then you start fresh so the fact that we have this connected craig series I don't think really needs to happen in the next one. I feel like you can move on and have this be the same bond and you have Money Penny and you have, you know, Q and you have LaShawna Lynch, you know, who have whoever you want cross over the next series, but the next series will start it's it's like starting its own story arc. You know, it's yeah. it's almost like uh, you know, the like if you're looking at it in terms of the Marvel movies, you know, Iron Man you know, one, two, and three, you know, that was sort of telling one story arc or whatever. If you were to do an Iron Man 4 now, it would start its own thing. You know, it, it's it's same actor, you know, same character, but it's its own series. And, uh, you know, there's lots of movies out there like that where we have two or three movies, the Star Trek movies. There are like two or three Star Trek movies that were very closely connected. And then the, then the series just starts, okay, let's start a new story. So that's the direction I think it needs to go. But if this ends up being Bond dies... And then you reboot and you have another Casino Royale origin story. That's where I'm going to be kind of opposed to it. Because I think this, yeah, the franchise needs to continue and you need that continuity. And it's going to make it a lot easier. That's one of the things that made it so easy for people to accept Daniel Craig when he came on. Because 
I don't think in the history of movies there's ever been a backlash to an actor as much as when Daniel Craig was cast. And what really helped sell that movie is like, oh, they still got Judy Dench in there. You know, you want something so it doesn't feel like a complete reboot. So regardless of what direction you go in, you have this built-in cast. Keep Ray Fines in there, you know, keep Naomi Harris in there. Keep please, dear God, keep Blofeld in there. Like mm. I want how incredible would it be is if you know, this series ties up the Craig arc and then we start like a classic Blofeld where Blofeld is just this madman trying to take over the world and the new Bond has to stop that. So that's where I think I want it to go. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, and I also think the difference is, um, you know, in rebooting it. I mean, there, there was also a big reason why they rebooted it. Obviously, we know, all jokes aside, Die Another Day kind of wasn't that well received by a lot of the Bond yeah. fans and took it on a on a different page. And, and we've we've seen this, three major times in the past before with You Only Live Twice, Moonraker and Die Another Day that they kind of really had to level it down. But it was completely different with Die Another Day into to Daniel Craig. And movies had changed, you know, the way things have been made. And we haven't really had a shift in movies now. I mean, we could in two years, who knows? But unless No Time to Die is the Die Another Day of the Craig era and they mm-hmm. go completely all out balls to the wall and he ends up in space in a volcano whilst being genetically modified <laughs> in invisible cars, which sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't see a reason why they would need to feel that way. And even if it, you know, it's going to be a new actor and I think kind of we're at that, I think also generate with the generation that have grown up on Craig, they've got it a lot differently too because Craig officially is the longest serving bond in terms of time not yeah. movies but you know he's he's been playing this role now for basically 15 years so while you and i say we grew up with brosnan we only had him for for what seven years in movies and like okay add video games and things like that it's a little bit different but most people who have grown up with craig literally have grown up on daniel craig i can yeah. imagine this would be the shift when roger moore left bond because that was a, a similar period so for a lot of people no one can remember experiencing a new James Bond. We can with Daniel Craig. A lot of people who are a lot older than us will remember it with so many more Bonds, so it's not that big of a deal. But, yeah, I think millennials, so to speak, um, when it comes to kind of this change, will take things a lot differently as well. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that will come into play. But, yeah, I don't I don't see them doing a reboot like they did with Casino Royale for sure. And if they did, well, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it would work. Uh, something interesting I just stumbled across here. Uh, I had no idea about like when the title, I don't even think we had, we didn't have an episode when the title, no time to die came out, but like what a I great we bond. Did. title! Didn't we? Did we not? Did we? Talk- okay. I think just in the cast reaction, no, one, I think, I think we- by then we did. No? Or did we talk about it? Maybe. I think we maybe talked about it on. Yeah, the past it's been episode. mentioned at some point. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the movie's called <laughs> like, No Time to Die. People, just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> but like classic Bond title. Yeah. Um, did you realize that No Time to Die was a movie produced by Cubby Broccoli, directed by Terrence Young in 1958, predating the Bond movies? Oh, I did not. Now I do. So- they they're still reusing material. They're they're now they've exhausted all Bond material. They're just dipping into other Cubby Broccoli properties here, and you know, maybe that means we could dip into other. Can you imagine if they're like, well, we've exhausted everything in Bond, so we're just we've exhausted everything that Cubby Broccoli ever did. So now we're just going to do Bond twenty six Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm looking here at other ones he's produced. We could do uh, the Red Beret, Fire Down Below, uh, Call Me Buana, Jazz Boat. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Bond 26. Jazz boat. Now, there is a theme song I want to hear. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I- I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I'm just going to quickly rattle off a few of the things in the trailer that you know that aren't really talking points, but I just absolutely loved. Uh, like the stunts, the the jump off the bridge. My favorite is that motorcycle shot where it just jumps like 40 feet in the air, I swear, which just looks incredible. That was released as the teaser before the trailer even came out. Uh, and then, of course, the machine guns coming out of the headlights mm-hmm. of the Aston Martin. Amazing. Uh, plus, we also get that shot of him you know, pulling the cover off of the Aston Martin again um, and very Skyfall-like. Uh, but uh, what what do we really have left? Because trailers are getting released later and later we never really got a teaser trailer for this movie and we're now the day we're recording this i think you know the the day this episode's going up we are four months to the day from this movie being released and we've just got our first trailer 
I'm sure we're getting another trailer at some point. I mean, how long is it going to be before the songs release? Because I don't even remember at what point. I mean, you've listened through our episodes. At what point did the the at least the announcement of Sam Smith doing the writings on the wall come out? Let alone when the song came out, which is probably close to the movie. But if we follow past movies, when do you think we're going to actually hear who's doing the theme song? Um, writings on the wall. I think was released about two months I want to say I think it was one of these ones that was actually released a lot closer because I in the episode we just listened I listened to it was sort of we were both we were all talking about how kind of this was done a lot closer than we were used to um but yeah I don't know um I would I would think like March or February to be honest with you and um it said here it was announced on the 8th of September, he announced that he was singing the song, and it came out in November, didn't it, Spectre? So, oh, wow. I thought it was uh, more time than that. So we got to wait. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it was released at the end of October in the UK and the beginning of November. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll find out till end of February, beginning of March. Um, just the the things in the trailer, yeah, like that stunt looks incredible. Um I, I'm with you there. I love the sequence where he's like surrounded by all those people in suits and they're all kind of like there's mm-hmm. a spotlight on him and they're all walking away. Like that just looks amazing. Um there's the other the other bit, there's there's a real blink and you miss it moment when kind of a, it's when Blofeld's sort of saying, you know, like, oh, um, you know, you this will hurt you or whatever if you find out all the things she's done. You see that helicopter flying over the forest and there's like a half a second shot of of Bond looking up in the helicopter. It almost looks like he's crying. So, like, I'm wondering, like, again, if this is, you know, has has Madeline Swan been killed and he's trying to chase after Rami Malek or something like that and he's upset, you know, something like that maybe. Um, and the one other... The other takeaway... Actually, the other quick one, the, the end of the trailer with him, like, kind of like the gun barrel where he turns down that corridor... Um, I'll be annoyed if that's the gun barrel. They better not take away the gun barrel from the beginning of this movie. We just had it back, Mr. Fukunagua, so don't take it away from me. Um, I'm, am I the only one who thinks Craig is finally showing his age in this in this trailer? I, I just This is the first time I've ever looked at him and thought, oh, he's looking a bit older. I, I don't know. He doesn't tend to age, Daniel well, Craig, but this is the first time I've ever seen shit he's looking old. Yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, at the age he's at now, I mean, he... He still looks better than Connery did about a decade earlier than that. <laughs> more in his first uh, arguably film. Better, yeah, better than more. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like Pierce Brosnan. You know, Pierce Brosnan started to look older by Die Another Day, but there was so much criticism of, oh, he's almost 50. But, like, you look at Pierce Brosnan in Die Another Day, and he still looks, you know, like an acceptable age to play Bond. I almost feel like, yeah, yeah Daniel Craig is starting to look older, but he fits more of the middle age bond. Whereas he sort of always had the, it's weird. Daniel Craig's always sort of had this look about him, even when he was in his twenties where he'd look like he was guy in his thirties. But like you said, he, he doesn't look like he aged at any point. So I'm actually happy about that because it seems like it fits the character more. Now, you know, we have this bond who's really, you know, (laughs) been put through the ringer and he's, he's, you know, showing his age, showing the, the, the battle scars and everything. So I'm okay with that. But you know, us knowing this is his last movie. I mean, he's not going to be, you know, Roger Moore, <laughs> more <laughs> Roger Moore. Uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Leatherface Roger Moore. <laughs> old, <laughs> very old Roger Moore. Oh, he's stepping up every time because he still looks like he still looks handsome. You know, he, oh, he doesn't absolutely. look like ooh. Yeah, he's a very attractive man. But um, I just, just quickly. I, look, I don't know how much you go into the odds on who's going to sing the song. Um, I mean, we will oh. do an episode on it. We did it. I listened to that the other day, our um, writings on the pod recap. <laughs> um, but look, names I've been seeing thrown around, like Ed Sheeran's a favourite to do it. Um, there was, I think, Lana Del Rey's still there. Um, yeah, there's a few. Oh, uh, do do a do lip, do What's the name? Dua Lipa, Dua Dua Lippy or something. Dua, yeah, Dua, yeah. yeah her. <laughs> um, uh, look, this is probably a dumb question to ask you. I don't know, but do you have any hope for who will sing this? Madonna again, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, this. I don't want to sound too critical, you know, because I love Skyfall or whatever. But just going with these generic, sort of very soft acoustic. Um, British young singers of the moment, like, you know, um, Adele and Sam Smith. I mean, I don't want an Ed Sheeran just for that reason. Like, I feel like break out of the mold. 
it, it's the wrong comparison to make, but you know, going from uh, Chris Cornell and then you do Jack White and Alicia Keys, like it was something different. I kind of just want something different. I understand like Adele is a different genre from Sam Smith or whatever, but it just it all sort of feels like the same type of artist to me. I'm not saying I want Radiohead, but like why mm-hmm. not bring somebody who who is a little bit older? You know, the the idea of having Shirley Bassey do the Quantum of Solace theme was so exciting that well, you know could we get Shirley Bassey still? I don't know. <laughs> well, but like I, I wouldn't. There's a big groundswell for Elton John. Just to quickly interrupt you there, like a lot of people are saying that he's retiring. He's come close to doing it. So there's actually a bit of a mm-hmm. an underground, well not underground. <laughs> these hidden Elton John fans, come on now, it's time, everyone. Um, but like, there's a bit of a, a groundswell of support for Elton John. I mean, look, I, 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 he's one of those people. I think like, how has he not done a Bond song? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I kind of, I'm not saying Elton John specifically is an artist, but that's sort of what I'm going for. You know, I want them to bring somebody in who's maybe older, more established, because especially because this is, this is going to be the Daniel Craig movie that fully embraces. We could tell from the trailer, it's fully embracing being a classic Bond movie. You've got gadgets, you've got over the top action, you've got a more traditional plot. It's not too stylish, not too modern looking, uh, and the all the Bond movies, they would generally go for more classic sounds. And we've had these modern artists sort of doing very modern sounding Bond themes. And I mean, Skyfall is a perfect example of how you can get a classic sound out of it. But I just want a classic artist to do a classic sound. Now, bring somebody who's you know been around for 30, 40 years and give them a Bond theme. Like, I don't I don't want any more of these, you know, 20, 30 somethings doing Bond themes. We've had enough of those. Like, give us something different. Bring in Sheena Easton. Give her a second crack. Uh, I'm sure she's calmed and down. And Chris in a Cornell way. gets a second crack while we're at it. <laughs> well, that might be a little bit hard, but um, you know. But I uh, know. Quickly looking at the odds here. So the top few: Ed Sheeran's favorite, followed by Dua Lipa, whatever you say her name is. Billie Eilish. Which look, I don't mind no. some of her songs, but I mean, do we really want "I'm a Bond guy"? Uh, Adele's on the list again. Sam Smith's on the list. No, um, Sam Fender, the esteemed um, Rag and Bone Man. Yep, uh, Ellie Goulding, Ellie, uh, Ellie Gould, whatever Ellie her name Goulding. is. Thank you. I She's. Would, see, I still haven't. That's at least a name. different sound, you know. Well, she was a favourite last time, wasn't she? And then she got snubbed. Um, Elton John. George yeah. George Ezra. And I might not like George Ezra's music, but he actually has a voice. I don't know if you know any of George Ezra's music, but yeah. he would have a Bond voice. So I could see that. Other ones on this list, we've got the Gallagher Brothers, Paloma Faith, and the Spice Girls. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yo, I tell you what, a Bond, I want a real Bond. Oh, I tell you what, a Bond, and a Bond, and a Bond. Imagine the Spice Girls teaming up with Madonna for uh, No Time to Die. Do, 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 do. Uh, please, no. Please, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, uh, no, no, just Nickelback. No. <laughs> look, look, <ugh. laughs> like, this is the. This is almost like the Bond casting thing, and not to go on and on for this forever, but when there's the odds on the favorites for the bond casting, like it's all just people coming up with random names. You know, it it has nothing to do with insider information or anything. And it's sort of, I I guess with the bond themes is a little bit closer because like we said, the odds on favorite was Ellie Goulding at a point. And then she's come out and said that, yeah, she did record a song. And then it was the same thing with Radiohead. Radiohead were the odds on favorites and they released their bond theme, you know? So there probably is more insider information into that. But I mean, at this point, I think every artist has probably already submitted their song because we're in a different age now where they don't just pick an artist. They say, give us a song and we'll decide if it's good enough. Did you we know, submit the, one? These, this, we could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need a band name first, though. Fadiesa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I could finally be in Skinny Esa now, you bastard. I've lost <laughs> weight. <laughs> but hey, actually, so I think- Skinny Esther. <laughs> putting up a theme song for No Time to Die. Just quickly, I think, with that, I think Ed Sheeran, the rumour around is because he basically said in an interview that he's dying to do a Bond song, and he apparently he's like, yeah, I've submitted, like, six in. He's like, I wrote one on my album, which could be used as a... Like, he's legitimately come out and said, like, I'm a Bond fan, and this is what I've done. So, like, I think Ed Sheeran hasn't been shy in saying, I want to do this. And, look, I... I'm indifferent on Ed Sheeran. I don't dislike his music. I think it's just so overplayed that you just get... It's kind of like Pink. Like, I don't dislike Pink, but when you hear it 30, 100 times a day, you kind of get a bit sick of it. But I could see Ed Sheeran doing it. I wouldn't be opposed to Ed Sheeran doing it. He's a popular artist at the moment. He's got a good voice. I think he could do a good style of a Bond song. I think he'd be better than Sam Smith. 
But, yeah, I, I appreciate that about him, that he's clearly a Bond fan and that he wants to do it. I respect that mm-hmm. as a Bond fan. So I'm like, cool. Yeah, if, if you've got, you're not just going to pluck off, you know, Sam Smith. Oh, look at me. I love Bond. You don't even know what Bond is, Sam Smith. Shut up. <laughs> Let's get a song with a little bit of edge this time. Yeah. Th- what about Let's from just... The Edge from U2? They wrote one. Like, yeah. Let's get them to perform it. <laughs> How about The Edge covers Sunshine, Lollipops, and Rainbows? Yes. Sunshine and Lollipops. Are you familiar with um the I think the one the one U two song that the Edge sang lead vocals on I think it's called Numb. Uh, I th- yeah is that the one where it's like moo, 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 yeah it's, like it's just really- mumbling monotone. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah. Dun. yeah Time to die, no time to <laughs> die, no time to die. <laughs> <laughs> and can we actually get so if I mean we've only had one Craig era which have mentioned the title in the song if I'm not we didn't get yeah. Quantum. Casino Royale wasn't said. Obviously, Spectre wasn't said. So let's let's end it with the actual title. I want the song called No Time to Die. And it's a perfect title for a song. So yes, No Time to Die, we need No Time to Die in the song. Instead of, an, I mean, we had another way to die. We were like, No Time to Die! Da, 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 da. Dun, 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 no time to die. Dun, 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 <laughs> No time to die. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But there's no time to die. <laughs> I'm gonna no right. time to ooh, die. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All I want is another no time to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's the wrong bodily function. If you just listen to the episode recently. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it for us. Unless you got anything else to add, I think we're done here. I, I strive by our next episode, which I'm assuming will either be. Uh, I, I think people are saying they might release another trailer during the Super Bowl, or you know, if it's not a trailer one, I'm assuming our next No Time to Die episode will be on the song. So I will stand in front of that mirror and practice Fukunaga, 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 Fukunaga. You've called him Corey six times in this episode, and Corey? You, keep adding a gu- you keep adding a gua on the end of his name. <laughs> not Corey Danny Fukunagua. Boyle. I will practice not Danny Boyle's name between now and our next episode. <laughs> our next episode that is No Time to Die, because we're overdue for other episodes, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a minute. But yes, our, our next No Time to Die, which hopefully will be the song one, we'll be singing about Madonna's triumphant return to the Bond franchise, oh. and Colin will love it. Colin will think, oh my God, I can't believe Madonna redeemed herself. Um, I will say his name properly. <laughs> There's your commitment. Um, I keep forgetting what our next commentary is, what was supposed to be our episode last month that we got delayed Thunderball? on. Thunderball? Thunderball? <laughs> Thunderball? Oh yeah, that's right, Thunderball. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Fukunaga, the Thunderball? I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Thunderball. All right, I'm excited for that one. Again, <laughs> excited for that one. Mm. Uh, but we should just explain, if anybody, we're not getting lazy. You know, we, we committed, we did a lot more episodes this year than past years. Well, we did well this uh, year. You know, we did a lot more this year we than did. we did in 2018. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, the only reason we didn't do uh, the Thunderball commentary last month was because, you know, if you listen to our sister show, The Oz Network, we've been covering 50 hours plus now, yeah. I think, of Star Wars which we had to wrap up before Star Wars, but now that we're done that, we're back on 007. Something more interesting than The Last Jedi we get to talk about. We've got some exciting um, ones also, through the two, I think, because um, we're finally going to get that long overdue best of part three up, and uh, we're doing a similar thing that Rossi mm-hmm. did, where Mallory's going to be rewatching all the Bond films, so we will do a similar episode with her, ranking them similar to what Rossi did as well. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, our, you know early days we did those two best the best of the 60s and the best of the 70s mm-hmm. and the idea was always to do more of that but it's just it took a lot of time to put those together and you know nobody's really had time since and ben has found the time to kind of re-listen to our episodes and laugh to himself in public places and at the gym hey, we should really in public i'm running on a treadmill and my i start <laughs> cracking up laughing so yes i'm a popular person at like people think i'm crazy there yeah. There goes that crazy fat guy laughing at himself again while on the treadmill. Uh, but we will have the best ofs coming soon, as well as all those other episodes. So make sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, 
subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Are we on Google Podcasts too with this show? Sure. Well, we should be if we're not. Uh, <laughs> Make it happen, Google. I'm not submitting anything. You should just know who we are. Don't you know who we are? Uh, stay tuned for more Double Oz Seven, and feel free to listen to our sister show, The Oz Network, and all of our Star Wars recaps. If you have 50 hours at your disposal, and you want to know why we didn't have any time to talk about Bond, but now uh, we have nothing but time to talk about No Time to Die. Um, it's getting very complicated to say those sentences. Anyways, we'll see you soon. My name is Colin Fukunagwa. And my name is Ben. No time to tomorrow never die another day. Good night. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. You were double O. Two years. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust in this. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of him. James Bond, licensed to kill the story of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. Name? Bond. James Bond. Duh.